Welcome in. It is another week and another edition of Night Shift, episode 14. And we got a lot to catch up on in the episode three games over the course of the weekend. And you can listen to us online at 980CFPL News at globalnews.ca. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Our socials are at Stubbs980 with two Bs and at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. Mike, three games in three days for a second consecutive weekend, but a lot of really positive things, especially after, you know, Friday night loss in which, you know, what could go wrong did go wrong for London Knights. They then go on the road for two games in Flint and Sioux. They pick up two of three victories in two tough environments. Yes, they did. And that was something that showed a great bounce back in that third period on Friday. Flint scored quickly. They scored two goals in 27 seconds and then London tied it. And then I've watched the replay on what ended up as the game winning goal. I don't know how many times, five, six, we had a lot of hours on the bus. And so I still can't necessarily figure out how it went in. One of those fluky goals. But after that, the Knights had a great bounce back. Their power play was really working well on Saturday night. And then against a well-rested, albeit maybe a team with shaky confidence in Sault Ste. Marie, the Greyhounds, when they get into close games, just seem to seize up. Can't seem to win in overtime this year. Can't seem to win in a shootout. And the Knights took advantage of that and they ended up beating them in a shootout. And the Knights pick up a, a win where you had to grind it out, where the Greyhounds were as rested as they could want to be. They played Friday at home, had Saturday off. The Knights got in very, very late on Saturday night, Sunday morning. It wasn't until after 4 a.m. that they arrived in the Sioux because of some nasty weather on the way between Flint and Sault Ste. Marie. And then they just had to get up and grind it out. And every player before the game was admitting, yeah, we do feel a little tired, but can't change that. So here we go. And that was the attitude they brought. And you could see the Knights' confidence against the Greyhounds' lack of confidence at a number of points in the game. And it was the Knights who ended up prevailing in the end. See, good teams find a way, I think, Mike, to take advantage of little disadvantages that the other teams have. So, for example, you said the Sioux were lacking confidence. I feel like London, and I watched the highlights of the game. But London took advantage knowing that Sue may be a little bit down on themselves despite the rest and being at home from past experiences. And they use that mentality and motivation and, like you said, grind it out a win. And that's what the Sioux do is they make you grind out wins. They're now, it's very seldom that you're going to get an easy win against the Sioux Greyhounds when they're at home, rested, while you're coming off of a road trip. Two things, Mike, I want to bring up from this. The first is the travel, like you mentioned. You were with the team. You traveled with the team. You didn't get to the suit to what, three, four in the morning? It was a little after four because there were some big streamers coming off. You named the lake, whether it was Huron, whether it was <laughs> Superior, there were streamers. And so there was an awful lot of snow. You get to Sault Ste. Marie, there was a lot of snow. They've already got big old piles. I don't know how much they're going to get this year, but there are times when you'll be going along streets in Sault Ste. Marie and essentially they will have, if you picture 
a, a little house that was built shortly after the Second World War, and you've got the classic door and then a window on either side. They've actually got a dig to get the window clear. So you've got a dig that leads you to the door, great big snow banks on either side, and then they'll dig out around their window and just kind of flatten it off so that you can at least get some light into the house. That's a winter in Sault Ste. Marie when it snows a lot. They're already on track for that. So yeah, and big credit to Adrian Acolison. Can we take a second and salute bus drivers everywhere in the Ontario Hockey League? Give give them a slow clap. There we go, yes. Because Adrian does a phenomenal job, as all drivers do, but he had to make it through some difficult conditions. We actually talked to him about driving in conditions like a snowstorm, knowing that you've got to get a team to the next city because they play in just a few more hours. Well, there's no sense looking ahead because you don't know where it's going to stop or when it's going to start. Take it as it comes. That's all you can do and uh, watch the sides of the road. And when you don't know where the sides of the road are, you hit the rumble strips and... Uh, just keep her between the ditches. See, I love that. You're getting the calls of best driver in the league in the background. The rumble strips. You don't always have those on roads, but those we always think are a warning. You can use them to be useful. For sure. You can use them to be useful. And if you can't see, run that rumble strip because then you'll know where you are. You pull in and every guy that got off thanked you. It was amazing. The boys were really uh, very responsive and very uh, thankful. And uh, I just do my job. I... I don't look for a pat in the back. I just just go ahead and do it, and uh, you do the best you can. And, uh... You didn't have to fill up the bus. You didn't have to get gas. How much gas can one of these buses, a coach bus, hold? The uh, bus I'm driving's got one of the biggest uh, tanks in the league. Uh, we got a thousand liters, which, do the math, that's about twenty two hundred dollars worth of fuel. So, and it'll get us back to London, and it's been obviously running for a few hours. And, but uh, very fuel efficient, if, if you want to say so, but uh, very good. Well, thanks for getting us from and then to London. Thanks, Aids. Very good. Thank you, Mike. That is Adrian Acolis. And again, big thank you to all of the bus drivers. Some of the things that they can do with buses, incredible. We've been on our way back from Owen Sound, and it's been really snowy conditions to the point. And anybody who's been north of Highway 7 when it's snowing knows what this is like. Knows how snowy it can get, right? Well, you're coming back, you're driving along a road, and all of a sudden you get to a road closure. Adrian would actually be able to pull a three-point turn in the bus, go back the other way, find a new route, come down, there'd be another closure. And you'd think, okay, I can't go down that road. Another three-point turn in a coach bus And away he goes again. It is impressive to watch people do what they do when they are amazing at what they do. A thousand liters of gasoline. You pull in, do the math. This is I couldn't believe that number. This is diesel. So you're looking at what are we paying for diesel around here? Over two dollars. So let's say it's two twenty or two thirty. You multiply that by a thousand and and you've got yourself twenty two hundred or twenty three hundred dollars in fuel but it allows a team to get all the way to Sault Ste. Marie you leave the bus running because there are components on it that don't do well in the cold so it can make it run and then make it back on that one tank of gas and that's exactly what the Knights were able to do but again thank you to all drivers everywhere Thing you things you learn on night shift that you got to keep a bus <laughs> running during a road trip and all the different parts that can hold a thousand liters. Um, Mike, the second part about this weekend, 
Brett Brochu, you know, he played a game and I know for a fact you've, you've chatted with him. He was not impressed with his game on Friday and, you know, he would admit that he knows he can be better. He comes out on Sunday on the road, three games in three days, stops 39 of 42 shots, wins the shootout for the Knights. That's got to be a huge boat of confidence. And remember, Last year, he had a 271 goals against average, a 911 save percentage en route to goaltender of the year. And two years prior in his rookie year, he set the record for the longest win streak or most wins by a rookie goaltender in OHL history. So there's a pedigree with this guy. And I'm I am staying firm and I'm staying on the side of Brett Brochu going, he will figure it out. A game like Sunday's really gives him the team confidence and maybe a shift. Maybe a turning point for him for the rest of the season? I think so. I think so. Brett Brochu is a tremendous goalie. He's a tremendous person. And so the start of the year, his numbers haven't been the same as they've been his last couple of years. I think we're going to see them climb up. I think Sunday was a definite example of what he can do. And he's had other games like this as well. He played a game in Owen Sound where he was a major difference. And on Sunday, his team needed him. And the team plays for him the team plays for Zach Bowen this is a team that is getting closer and closer Dale Hunter will always point to kind of a a family theme for the London Knights and he has you know he he said hey it's like you've got 25 sons and they're 25 brothers and when you hit that you've got something special and this team's really headed in that direction when you watch them on the road how close they are how well they get along it's the team when everybody hangs out with everybody. When it's not cliques, it's not the veterans hanging together and the rookies hanging together. Everybody's involved, and that team is very much like this. Uh, and and I find that so fantastic. And that's the the well known identity of a team when you know that you've got a close knit locker room. It's it's one of those you can't track it on an analytic sheet or a stat sheet, but knowing that guys work a little bit harder for one another because they enjoy spending time together because they are like a family, I think goes a long way. And you've seen that over the last calendar month, Mike. After the slow start, they're 6-1 and one over their last seven, 10-3 and three over their last 13 games. We're starting to see guys emerge and produce as the guys, Sean McGurn and George Diaco have really been those guys. McGurn's got 27 points. What does he have points in 13 straight now games? 12. And that 12. is a season high right now for obviously the Knights, but it's also the longest current streak in the OHL. Matt Petrov of North Bay had gone 15 games and then he was held pointless on Saturday. So Sean McGurn is the reigning point streak leader in the OHL. I mean, it just has to do with the team. I think the team's doing well, so that's helping me out personally. Sean McGurn of the London Knights, and he has become so good, Kyle, along the boards. Look at what he does protecting the puck, buying time, making plays. He's someone who has that ability as a 20-year-old as well to just move the puck. He's, he has underrated hands. He's somebody that can really deftly touch the puck through a set of skates coming across the blue line or between a guy's legs and his stick. He makes a lot of moves like that, and he's really developing confidence with that. He's very good at it. Underrated hands on Sean McGurn. Well, it's funny. We saw this last year, too. It was just overshadowed by the play of 
Antonio Stranges and Luke Evangelista scoring highlight reel goals and hitting 50 on the year. But if you look into it, the guy centering those two guys at times was Sean McGurn, and he had a very strong year. So I think now, you know, with a little bit more attention put on him and spotlight, people are starting to notice, hey, this kid's pretty good. And he's shown it with uh, the current uh, OHL longest streak uh, in terms of points. So he's been really great. The back end is starting to figure uh, Logan May had another goal on Sunday as well. He is just he is a problem from other teams on the power play, and he is a massive uh, addition on the back end. Uh, Oliver Bonk had a great weekend as well. He had a couple assists, and Flynn on Friday scores the shootout winner on Sunday in the Sioux, and you're just seeing contributions, Mike, all over the place from this team. And Oliver Bonk talked about one of the things that he feels has really helped the team. Here's a guy who's still a rookie, and this is the way he's seeing the night's success. I think our power play is a big part of that. We've been pretty good, so I, that's a lot of the points. But I think the, we're, we started scoring, not like the start, of the, the start of the year. We had a bit of trouble, but we started scoring recently, so it's, it's been good for everyone. For a defenseman on the power play, you wind up in a, a bit of a different spot sometimes. Talk to us about playing that. Yeah, I think it's uh, we have a couple setups that we can use. So I think it's good for when uh, when one's not working, we can switch to the other one. I go in front of the net there, so I like it there. You get you get a lot of points in front of the net, so uh, it it works sometimes when uh, when our other one's not working. So it's a good change. What was it like to have played last year in the GOJHL to kind of have that extra step coming here? What do you think that did for you? I think it really helped me. Uh, obviously, it's not as high caliber as the OHL but a lot of minutes there playing a lot of minutes so it uh, gave me a good opportunity to play there what's it feeling like right now you you feeling up to speed everything everything just regular day yeah it, it feels good now feels good that's Oliver Bonk of the London Knights the Knights power play ranks third and it has different looks and one of the things that they've done and I've never seen the Knights do this on the man advantage before and they'll always have looks and Dale Hunter is a coach that will look at what he has and then he comes up with the strengths of that team and he comes up with how you can play it's one of the reasons why he's closing in on 900 career victories in the Ontario Hockey League and the Knights know that George Diaco is able to make plays and shoot Oliver Bonk is able to make plays and shoot Logan Mayu has that huge shot also able to make plays but you want to feed him for that shot so how do you get all of those guys involved well you kind of have that umbrella look and the Knights will have a really really high umbrella where you've almost got a guy on the left point a guy in the at the middle of the blue line and a guy on the right point and then Diaco and Bonk will kind of move down a little bit and sometimes Bonk will be put out and and he'll be more of a net front presence. So just when you think you've got things figured out, the Knights will switch it up. And all of a sudden you're thinking, no, 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 59, Oliver Bonk, he's supposed to be over there. What's he doing over? What are they doing? And bing, the puck's in your net. So they've done a really good job making teams try to figure out what they're doing on the power play. And then stopping it is really difficult because of Diaco's playmaking and his accuracy with his shot because of Logan Mayu's cannon and because of Oliver Bonk's versatility. So it's really worked out well. And then, like we mentioned, you've got Sean McGurn who can take the puck in behind the net, protect it, buy some time, feed one of those three pinching in from the point. It's a nightmare to kill penalties right now against the Knights. And that's one of the reasons why they're closing in on Miss 
Mississauga and number two overall. Ottawa has just been, you want to see a power play work this year, watch what Ottawa <laughs> has been doing. They're clicking at almost 33% right now, and they're actually going to be coming into Budweiser Gardens before the holidays. So that's going to be a big game. You want a measuring stick as to where you are? Play the Ottawa 67s. They were beaten by the Erie Otters on Monday night, but that was a, a bit of a weird one. The game had been postponed, and so you had uh, a bit of a, a difficult spot with Ottawa kind of having to wait around, play Mississauga, go to Erie. And so Erie came back and beat them late. Spencer Sova was great in that game. But Ottawa is is a team that is still full marks for what they've done this season and the way that they've started it. They are 18 and two in 20 games. Wow. I mean, they, they have been on another level and you're right, Mike, it's going to be a really good test. You know, it's funny. A lot of teams we talk about when they come to Budweiser gardens, that's they play their best games because it's in front of one of the bigger crowds they played in. It's a Friday night. And I feel like the nights and not that they don't play up when they go play on a Friday night, just when you get accustomed to it, you know, it's you get a little bit more settled into a routine. I think when Ottawa comes to town, I think London's going to really get fired up and play and see where they match up against a team that has been so good to start the year. That game is Friday, December the 9th, right after the teddy bear toss, which is Tuesday, December the 6th. So big week that week for the London Knights. And we'll talk about it when it gets here. Yes, we will. We've got another episode. We've got more games to highlight. We'll have some some more interviews and chats. And you can follow us along at Night Shift. And you can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Also, uh, go to globalnews.ca on our socials at Stubbs980 with two Bs, at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. We will see you on Thursday for another edition. Till then, see ya.